0: Welcome to the Josh Wright Piano Podcast. One of our listeners wrote in asking to remain anonymous and asked the following question. I was wondering if you could make a podcast about some tips and strategies for preparing for competitions. I haven't seen much on this topic in your videos unless I missed something and thought it would be applicable to a lot of pianists. This is a topic that I actually have quite a bit of experience with. I've been competing since I was about 10 years old and I've competed in some very very small competitions locally to start out with to some of the biggest competitions in the world including twice uh, of the preliminaries of the international Chopin competition which is considered one of the biggest if not the biggest along with Tchaikovsky and Van Cliburn and Queen Elizabeth competitions. Uh, I haven't competed in any of those. Uh, And even though I just made it to the preliminary round of the Chopin competition, I've always considered that a great honor and privilege to be a part of that historic competition. I learned many things over the years about competitions, and I've seen some of the detrimental effects that competitions can have. So I wanted to talk a lot about the psychology as well as some of the preparations uh, that you might find beneficial um, if you're wanting to compete in competitions. The first thing is to always view competitions as a way to better yourself and your playing and to give you a source of motivation to reach a new level of playing. I don't like to look at competitions as a way of earning money or a way of getting glory or fame. Um, Those are nice byproducts if you uh, happen to win, but competitions can be extremely beneficial even if you don't win. And if you win, it's great because you usually get some prize money and some performance opportunities. Some come with recording deals. um, Some come with concert tours. Those are all wonderful things, but I think in this day and age you can get quite creative. For instance, I've been recording on my own record label uh, since I was, um, well, not necessarily my own record label, but quote-unquote my own record label, (laughs) meaning that I made up a record label, or uh, I asked my teacher if I could record on her record label that she made up, and um, then my wife and I just recorded under our business uh, name, W Music Productions, for our Christmas album, and I've had seven albums to date. Two of them were for a commercial record label called Shadow Mountain Records, the First one was titled Josh Wright and that featured some hymn arrangements combined with classical music and the second one uh, was called My Favorite Things which featured uh, film music combined with classical music and those were very helpful at getting my name out there but I never like to look at recording um, just like competitions as a way of earning money either. I think they're... So what I'm trying to say is if a competition has a prize that (laughs) includes a record deal. Don't think, oh my gosh, I've made it, I got a record deal. You can make your own CD easily. Uh, If it comes with a concert tour, that can be very helpful in making connections. I do think that concert prizes are the best prize that you can get from a competition, especially if it comes with an orchestra performance. That's always extremely beneficial. The prize money is... Nothing to get all that excited over. Of course, if you win some of the biggest in the world, uh, I think Honan's uh, in Canada, I hope I'm saying that right, I think the prize is like $100,000, so that's maybe something to get excited over. <laughs> but most of these prizes are not even coming close to what you could make just at a normal day job. I mean, you've got to prepare sometimes for years for these competitions, practicing anywhere between four to six hours a day to prepare for these. If you look at how much you're actually earning, if you won first prize, which is always subjective anyway, and you have no control really over that, you have control over playing your best, you don't have control over what the judges will think of you, then you might be making less than minimum wage. (laughs) So just... Go into competitions with all of those thoughts first and foremost is I'm doing this as a quest to better myself if I get some recognition, if I get some concerts, if I happen to get some prize money. Those are all bonuses, but they aren't the main reason I'm competing. I'm competing because it's motivating me to learn this new repertoire. I'm competing to grow my network. Uh, Going to competitions with very influential judges that you may want to study with one day at a university or a college, that's a great uh, in with a lot of very influential people in the music world. I've met most influential people through competitions. Um, I didn't meet Sergey Babayan that way, but I uh, met many mentors throughout my life and friends and and I've received many opportunities because of the competitions that I've competed in and I've also made lifelong friends. Some of my favorite people in the world uh, include the host families that I've stayed with at some of these competitions just right off the top of my head. Um, Mary in Seattle, uh, when I won the Seattle International Piano Competition the college division, she's one of my favorite people ever. And to be honest, hanging out with Mary and playing on her piano was just as great as actually winning the competition. Um, uh, Marilyn and John down in uh, Florida, I actually stayed with them three different times. And uh, Ligia, uh, Marilyn's mother, hosted me the last time. They are one of my favorite families ever. They're just so amazing, and uh, those relationships mean so much to me. I can't say that they uh, that that uh, experience of competing in the Chopin uh, was you know it pales in comparison to knowing these people. Of course, uh, I love those people to death. But that the National Chopin was also the the jury, the organizers, the people that I competed with over the years um, that was just as influential as some of these friendships that I've created as well. So um, there are so many benefits to competing that I really Enjoyed competing. I always thrived off of competing. Yes, I got nervous uh, for competitions and I was certainly very nervous at the preliminaries in Warsaw because it was being broadcast to the world, (laughs) especially in 2015. The technology for broadcasting was even more accessible to audiences throughout the world. Um, So I think to date that video has well over 100,000 views, just my preliminary audition. Um, So that is uh, quite intimidating, but at the same time, when you compete at that high of a level, and then you go to play a local recital, you think, "Man, this is nothing. I I've got this," and you don't uh, you don't get as nervous. People always ask me, "Do you get really nervous for these performances?" And I think, "No way," because competing in Warsaw for the whole world to judge. your Chopin repertoire when every other person is playing pretty much the same repertoire as you and you're up against I mean I think Over 500 people applied and they invited 160 of us to go compete in the preliminaries in Warsaw. And I didn't even make it past the preliminaries, but still 160 people in the world, you got to be pretty good just to be able to enter and then to be selected down as like the top one third or one fourth of the competitors. It's a lot of pressure. So then when you go to play even a a fairly prestigious concert, um, like when I played at Carnegie Hall or the Kennedy Center, it's still didn't really uh, compare to the pressure that I felt uh, competing so competing can have that helpful effect of making everything else seem a lot more uh, a lot less stressful, a lot more minor and and not as significant uh, even though of course every performance is significant because, Performing isn't about the fame or the glory. It's all about uh, the music and connecting with your audience members and sharing a wonderful experience. I think if you have this type of mentality around competing, it's a very healthy thing. And if you don't have this mentality, competitions can completely destroy your morale. I've even seen some of my friends who have placed in big competitions competitions kind of go by the wayside and not really be able to make a career because they have this idea in their minds that I have to be this serial competitor that is always on the road competing at this next competition. What's the next competition? And I've got to scrap together a living through these competitions. And then they get to age 30 or 32, the cutoff age for most competitions. And if they haven't won some of these big competitions, and even if they have, their career has somewhat fizzled. A lot of Uh, having a success, a lot of, uh, the success of your career is based on how well you network and make relationships. You see a lot of very, um, successful concertizers who are not necessarily the best pianists you've ever heard, but they're so good at networking and creating those relationships with the right people that, uh, they have a great career going for them. And if you really want to compete, you need to start focusing, sorry, if you really want a concert career, you need to start focusing on developing relationships. Of course you need a high skill level if you're going to have a successful, uh, concert career, but competitions are not the only way to do so. I like to think of competitions just as a stepping stone to get better at playing, get better at repertoire, and to meet new people. So uh, what are some of the ways that I prepare for competitions? First of all, I like to plan out my repertoire well in advance. If I have really tough material, I always like to plan the toughest material first. Uh, a, a tip that Sergey Babayan gave me at the finals, after the finals of the national Chopin, uh, where my final round was by far my weakest, I did not play well. I was so nervous. Uh, I was playing the second concerto. The orchestra was pretty awful, to be honest, um, because everyone else was playing the E flat. Uh, The concerto number one by Chopin, and they barely rehearsed mine, and it sounded terrible. And it was the conductor was good, I really enjoyed working with him, uh, but I wasn't playing my best, so it wasn't the best experience that final round. Um, And he said, You always must prepare your last round first. He said, I made that mistake in the Queen Elizabeth. I played all of my very best repertoire in the first three rounds. And then I thought, oh, I'll program rock three. I doubt I'll even make it to the finals. And then I did make it to the finals. And then a bunch of the judges reprimanded me saying, we wanted you to win, but your final round wasn't strong enough to be the winner. And a few of the judges at the National Chopin Competition told me very similar things. They said, oh, you would have placed top three if your concerto had been stronger, but uh, it was just too weak to uh, merit that. And I... Totally agree. It was not my best playing. So always prepare your last round first. If I have extremely difficult repertoire that I know is going to be a beast to memorize or to learn, I always like to learn that first so that that can kind of marinate and season as I'm working on easier repertoire or older repertoire. So let's say that I have a one-hour program that I have to prepare for a competition, and let's say 20 minutes of it is new, 20 minutes of it is old, and 20 minutes of it is easy. A lot of people would say, I'm just going to do the easy stuff first. I would probably start tackling the most difficult repertoire first, and while that is marinating, I'll do the easier repertoire, and then finally I'll go to my oldest repertoire, because I know the old repertoire comes back really quickly. So that would be the order that I would do. If... If you have two or three hours of repertoire to prepare, like some of these big competitions, like the National Chopin, I think was two and a half or three hours worth of Chopin's music. Very, very intense to prepare for. Um, I will prepare different rounds. So I'll say, okay, I'm going to prepare uh, the first round this month or the fourth. I guess you should start with the fourth round if you're heeding Babayan's advice. And you plan it out. A year in advance, if you have that much repertoire, you really do need uh, many months, unless you're someone like Daniel Trifonov, who just devours repertoire. And I think he, Bob Ion told me he learned all those Opus 25 etudes in March or April, and then he competed and won the Rubinstein competition in June with them, uh, which is just mind blowing. Uh, that is just so incredible. But you want to prepare. Know your limits. Know, know your abilities and how much time you're actually going to need to be successful with this repertoire and uh, plan it out accordingly. Uh, I have several YouTube videos about how to practice on the day of the performance and dealing with nerves and I also have a podcast on dealing with nerves so I won't get into that in this episode but I hope that uh, helps you in your endeavors um, to this listener who wrote in asking this question and any Else, any any others of you who uh, have this similar desire to compete or maybe you want to just enter a little festival or maybe you want to go get adjudicated uh, just for the experience of doing so and that's very much like a competition. I would uh, recommend all of these methods to prepare for each of those types of scenarios as well. If any of you have any questions, my email is josh at joshwrightpiano.com Also, please let me know if you have ideas for future episodes, even if it's somewhat of a repeat um, on videos that I've done on my YouTube channel. I'm happy to talk uh, on these podcasts about similar topics as this gives a different medium for you to consume that information. I know for me, podcasts are very convenient when I'm driving or exercising and I don't really have the convenience of watching uh, my screen doing those activities. So I'm happy to cover any topics that any of you would like. Make sure to just write the word podcast in the subject of your email so I know to sort that into the appropriate folder in my email because I get thousands of emails every month. It's a little bit crazy. Um, I will also link a, I, I will also provide a link for a free webinar containing 10 of my favorite tips links to my paid courses if you wanted to go even deeper than this podcast or my YouTube channel goes uh, in your piano studies, and then I will leave a link for all my social media profiles as well as my kit, which is a collection of all the gear that I use to record these podcasts and my YouTube videos, as well as some uh, beginner books, theory books, and other books and recordings that I have liked uh, throughout my life that I found useful in both teaching and performing. Have a great week, good luck in your practice sessions.